All right, take a seat. Sitting down. I haven't sat down for a while to uh, speak up here. Just doing a little bit different. I've got an extra chair here too and a spare microphone that uh, will be utilised by you at some point. Maybe. You don't have to. We're going to share some stories in a little while. Um, just in reflection, we're giving thanks uh, today and we're casting our mind back over the year that um, has been. We're still not there yet. feels like we're just about at the finish line. But... Um, there's, there's so much to be grateful for, so much to give thanks for, so much to recognise the activity of God in our lives and in His church here. And to be able to give voice to those things today, I think is going to be powerfully encouraging for us. Before we get there, though, I'm going to share some probably just discombobulated thoughts because that's just where we're at right now. Um, just while God's been speaking, what God's been saying. And I was taking issue with God this week. And uh, I don't know if you do that. You kind of get up in God's grill a little bit. Go, God, why, why, did, why that? And uh, this week it was the, um, come what may, I will run. I'm like, God, why that? Why couldn't it have been, come what may, we'll sleep? Or come what may, we'll rest? Or come what may, we'll stroll? Come what, <laughs> come what may, we'll take it easy? Uh, come, come what may, uh, let's go for a walk down the beach you know, um, I was thinking about life, typically do, often when I'm driving, and the last couple of weeks, it's just been my fuel gauge in my car, has been one of those, uh, it's been right at the bottom, uh, you know, like there's the line, I don't have a light that comes on in my car, it's like, it's that old, it doesn't even have a light, you just got to kind of, it's a bit of guesswork, you run the gauntlet when it gets that low kind of thing, and sometimes the needle, I mean, I'm lucky that I got, there's like a sub tank, and it's like a little tiny other little tank that I can uh, back up onto if I need to. Um, but it's like the needle gets so, it goes below the line and you're driving below the line and, and it's kind of, you just never know. You're just on edge of, do I have in the tank what I need to get to where I'm going? And that can be an anxiety-inducing thought as you're constantly on the road going, do I have in reserve what I need to keep going? And I'm curious to know, is that an experience that you've had or you're having in life at the moment where it's, you feel like the energy levels are below the line and there is that anxiety-inducing kind of, I'm not sure if I've got what I need to keep going. And so I was taking issue to God. Why come what may I'll run? Running requires a lot. It requires a lot of effort. It requires a lot of output. It requires all of the faculties of our human bodies to all work in unison to be able to make us run. And we're tired, like I'm, I'm a bit tired, and I've been telling people that and whatnot, and I was just thinking, and, and because of the price of fuel at the moment, I'm a, bit, I'm a bit tight, so I look for the price when it's cheap and I try and fill up then, and everyone that's really expensive, I just put a little bit in. It's like, at the moment, it's like two bucks 12, and I'll just get cranky going, this is, just, this is highway robbery, as my grandpa would say. And um, when it's like that, when it's up, you know, I just go, no, I'm not, I'm not filling the whole thing up. It's like 150 litres, so it's like heaps. 
I'm like, oh, you know, two bucks, 12, you know, that's, that's like, uh, yeah, I need to take up a, a love offering for, for when I yeah, can get the whole thing full. Um, where am I going with this, Dave? Uh, it's a great question. And I've just been topping up a little bit, like 10 litres here. I know that I can get about 50 litres out of, uh, 50 Ks out of about 8 or 10 litres. So I kind of just work out, I've got to go 100 Ks this week, so... I'll drop 18 or 20 litres in, so it's just, you know, just kind of bump it back up. And it's really quite depressing because the needle only just goes up a little bit, just above the line. And you get back in the car and go, I just filled up, but I still feel empty. And, and maybe that's... And I think about life as well, and I think about where I'm at at this point in the year, and it feels like that. It feels like I come to God or I come to people in my life who pour into my soul or I'll be found in this environment which brings me such joy and such life. And I can still feel like walking away from any of those moments of feeling full, but then looking at the measure of my life going, oh, flip, it's not far from empty still. <laughs> and it's been a lot, right? There's been a lot happening. It's, it's been a big year. It's been the first year that we've had no lockdowns uh, for the last few. There's, there's been lots happening in life. There's been big moments in life. You know, like last week for me, it was a microcosm of, of all of that. I had friends who are you know, you know, having kids and I did a wedding and I attended two funerals and just the entire spectrum of life almost in a petri dish of what was last week and just feeling the tiredness of that, recognising that, you know, not just holding your own emotions in the midst of big things and in tiredness, but trying to hold that on behalf of a community to some extent, to some degree of you know, I think I felt it the other day at the 75th birthday when on one hand we've got this incredible celebration and joy in the room, but at the same time, in the very same moment, we're grieving the loss of a dear brother. And then at Baz's funeral on Monday out at Orange, in, in one moment we're, we're praising Jesus, 1,500 odd people in the room out at the Orange Function Center and um, praising Jesus and being so encouraged um, of a life well lived, but yet at the same time also carrying the grief of that, and, and I think it's a, God gives us grace, I think we'll just sing it, in our weakness, He gives us grace to get through, or that's not the lyric, but that's the sentiment anyway. Um, and so I was thinking about my fuel tank in, the, in, in light of all of that, I'm sorry if this is making no sense, so I was thinking about my fuel tank in light of that, and how tight I am when it comes to, you know, having to just put a little bit in. Um, I was reminded in worship this morning that um, the price has been paid for your fullness, in full, and my fullness you know, God, when it comes to, to, to how God loves us, He doesn't just put 10 litres in and say, just make it to the end of the week. He doesn't, he doesn't look at the price of fuel and go, I can only afford that much for Dave's life and just give me enough for that week. You know, the entire price of all of it. It doesn't matter what, in fact, we know it cost God everything. It didn't cost God $2.12 to fill my life. It cost God everything. It cost him the life of his son. It cost, it cost God literally everything that our tanks might be full. And so I say that to, for us to frame up grateful hearts in that regard, that God has paid the price in full for our fullness. And we can hold the tension of this. We can feel, I can feel, I feel really tired today and in this moment and this week but I have, a, I have a, a heart that is overflowing with gratitude to a God who loves me so much, who has paid the price in full for my fullness. And that's a beautiful thing. And we get to take communion at, towards the end of the service. We're going to um, just take communion and that be the last thing we do today where we can just stand around the table together.
um, and recognizing, and I loved what Kim, how Kim led us in communion uh, back at the, on the 75th, uh, in the act of turning over a cup and being filled. Uh, this morning, may God do that for us. May He turn our cup over and fill us because He has paid the price for it in full. Let's just pray for a moment. Father, we thank You that uh, in our weakness You are made strong and in our imperfection uh, You are still perfect and in a really crazy and I just can't understand it kind of way that You make us perfect, You make us righteous, that we are holy, that we are chosen and that we are loved. And Father, thank You for the lengths that You have gone to to pour that into our lives and to call us Your own. So, Father, as we come to a time of remembrance this morning and sharing story, Father, may uh, you be glorified. May we see how you've been at work, how you've sustained us, how you've carried us, how you've comforted us, nurtured us, led us, guided us, shepherded us, protected us, and called us forward. And so, Father, we give you these moments this morning of reflection. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, here's a couple of notes I prepared earlier. I'm not going to speak for very long because I do want to hear from, hear what God's stirring and been saying. Um, in Genesis uh, chapter 8 and, round, and around aboutts, we've got the story of uh, Noah and the ark, funnily enough. That's right. <laughs> what a coincidence. And, 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 he gets the call, Noah and his family, his three kids and his wife, to go and build the ark by God, not really knowing what for, other than it was probably going to rain. Probably didn't know how much it was actually going to rain to the point where everything on earth that had breath, uh, except their family and the animals, two by two, were on board, uh, they all died, the whole lot. And Moses, uh, sorry, Moses, Noah eventually, I told you I'm tired, um, eventually uh, the rain persisted for so long, 40 days and 40 nights, that um, the boat that they had built began to lift off um, the platform that they were building it on and it left terra firma and it began floating on the face of the waters. And um, for 150 days they were at, at sea. I'm curious, I'm curious to know how Noah and his family would have felt like at a day 149. You know, God, how much longer is this going to last? You know, how, how much longer is this our reality? Of just bobbing around, being in the liminal space of waiting, not sure. How long do we have to be uncertain? I mean, I'm sure they were probably afraid, you know, like, are we going to run out of supplies? I mean, they had plenty of food on board, I guess. <laughs> Bit hard if you're a vegetarian, I guess, in those kind of situations. Just get on with it, Dave. Um, and, they're, and they're out there, and, and I can imagine the kind of prayers that they were praying and just, yeah, all of the uncertainty, all of the fear and how they were crying out to God. And, you know, we do that. You know, we, we feel like we're floating around and sometimes unsure and uncertain. Perhaps it's just me. And we cry out big prayers to God. You know, how do we end up here? Why am I still at sea? Why am I still not grounded? Why does it feel like the anchors of life have been thrown off and I'm just being tossed and thrown around and all the rest of it? You know, you've prayed those prayers. I've prayed those prayers most days. And we know God to be a God who hears, and we've spoken about that this year. And I love in, um, 
in, in Genesis chapter 8, in the midst of Noah and his family's anguish and in their uncertainty and in their fear and all of the things that would have been going on for them, it says this, but God remembered, but God remembered Noah and God remembered all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark and God made a wind blow over the earth and the windows of the heavens were closed and the rain from the heavens was restrained and the waters receded from the earth continually. At the end of 150 days, the waters had abated and in the seventh month, on the seventh day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountain of Ararat. And God remembered, he remembered Noah. He heard Noah in his cries in the midst of everything. And there's a word in the Hebrew that for remember is zakah. And I feel like I need to do a bit of Hebrew today because Ruthie did it so beautifully last week with Ayakar. Is that what has it? Ayika. Well, you had Ayika last week and today you get Zakar. Zakar means to remember. It's the same kind of remembering that God has when he sees Hannah's cry for a child. You know, after a lifetime of having a, a, a being barren, being able to, un, unable to have a child, and she cries out from the depths of her heart to the point where she is praying such incredibly um, heartfelt and deep prayers from the very center of her being that as she prayed, her husband thought that she'd had too much Shiraz. And he said to her, get off the source, love. And she says, I'm not. I'm just crying out from the depths of my being to God. This is the same remembering that God has when he hears Hannah's cries, and it says in the word that God remembered her. A Jewish scholar, Naum Sana, he says, in the Bible, remembering, particularly on the part of God, is not the retention or recollection of a mental image, but a focusing upon the object of memory that results in action. You see, when we read that God remembers in Scripture, it's not just God having a pleasant thought about you. When you cry out to God, God, remember me. Why, why am I in this? God, answer my prayer. Whatever it is we're bringing to God, and, and, we, and, we, and we know that God is a God who hears and a God who remembers. When God remembers you, He's not just sitting in the heavenly places thinking pleasant thoughts about you, remembering what you did last week or what you had for breakfast. You know, as God remembers, He takes action. You know, God remembered Noah and he caused a wind to blow over the face of the earth that dried the floodwaters. When God remembered Hannah, he didn't just say, God, uh, Hannah, I, I hear you, it will be okay. He went, no, no, he went, I remember you and I will give you a child. And in God's remembering, there is action. Remembrance is a divine act of mercy. It's an opportunity to engage in the, in the grace by which God has loved us so deeply. We also know this about remembrance, is that it's not just the arena of the divine remembrance. As God's people, we are called to remember. And I spoke about this a few weeks ago when I spoke on why we take communion. And the scriptures are replete with a call to don't forget God. Do not forget the Lord. Do not forget what he has done. The remembrance and action go together like a horse and carriage. Remembrance must result in some kind of action because that's how God remembers. 
And we'll take communion shortly. And this has got to be the greatest act of, uh, of remembrance in action that we can possibly gather around as a church. That God remembered the brokenness of humanity and He didn't just remember and judge at a distance. He remembered humanity's plight by entering into it to redeem it, to save it, to reconcile it to Himself. And so we look to Christ as the ultimate act of God's remembrance. And we'll celebrate this morning as we eat bread and drink juice that God remembered us. So much so. But Psalm 77, 11 says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. He also says, David, in one, Psalm 143, 5, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the work of your hands. The biblical remembering is a bodily activity, not merely a head response. And so this morning, we're going to do a little bit of that. We're going to have some bodily activity when it comes to our remembering. And you're probably thinking, what the heck is he going to get us to do? Um, you may have seen all of the photos on the wall outside. And we've been keeping, and Chrissy's done an amazing job of this, and I've referenced it a few times throughout the year. It's kind of just a, a story that's been built as the year has gone on. And we've got massive calendar around our, you know, every month is like an A1 sheet. It's enormous. And above every month, we've just had all of the photos that have reminded us of the activity of God as we've gone. And so when we came to this series of giving thanks, uh, we thought, well, why keep this to ourselves in the office? Let's, let's use this as a way of encouraging all of us as his people this morning um, to, be, to be reminded of all of the activity of God among us. And so our bodily response in remembrance this morning is two things. One, in a moment, um, if you're comfortable, able, and, and even want to, you don't have to, you don't have to do anything that I ask you to do, um, is that we're going to take just two or three minutes and just not, not park for long, but just, file. I want us to all, in a moment, get up out of our seats. We're going to file past that wall. And I want you to look at, for a moment, perhaps you were there, perhaps there's a photo of you, uh, perhaps there's a photo of something that you, you, can, you can put yourself back in that moment and go, God did something there. Or God, God spoke to me in that moment. Or it could be just... I had a really good time when that happened. Um, it could be, that was a really hard moment for me. Um, it could be any number of things. Um, but I want us to use a bodily response of looking at our year in pictures. And there's a lot not there too. So feel free, if there's something that has happened in this year that you just want to give thanks to God for that's not on the wall, do it. It's not just on the wall. So um, we're going to do that. We're going we're to go, we're going to just file past have a look at the wall and then come back and then I'm going to um, ask anyone that wants to come and sit with me and share very briefly and there's two mics so I can cut you off if you start preaching too long. Uh, <laughs> it's not true. Um, maybe a little bit. Um, so let's do it. Let's just, let's just do this. This is our bodily response to remembering what God has done. Um, so let's, let's stand. Let's, let's, not, um, let's not take ages. Like just, just walk past and glancing. Pick a moment, pick a, pick a thing. You don't have to share. This isn't like an everyone needs to share thing, but just hold a memory, a thought, and then come on back to your seat. So it's a brief walkthrough. Well, come on back in once you've had your uh, chance. One of my favourite moments, here you go, Nicola, you can jump up and join me. 
One of my favourite moments, where's Gav? Is Gav back in the room yet? Gav Fuller? Was the piñata. Does anyone remember the piñata at Easter? No. You do? Yeah. And, yeah, Luba, yeah, Luba, Luba won it. And that we, I think he coined the phrase, something like banging, hitting the piñata of heaven, letting the lollies fall out. <laughs> what an amazing, cool thing. Um, yeah, bashing the piñata of heaven. Uh, right, so we're, for the next uh, 10, 15 minutes, um, we're just going to share some stories um, of what God has done among us. Because as I look at those photos, um, I see moments where kids have been... Uh, you know, gathering around God's Word and sharing that with one another. I've, I see moments where we've had breakfast together. I, I love, there's a photo out there of Leon Munro and Jeff praying uh, together, and that was why do we um, do eldership and a moment for our elders uh, to pray. And just a beautiful moment of seeing um, men in our church praying for one another. So I could just about go out there and tell a story of all of those things out there that have just been so incredible. So um, Nicola, give us a, a moment that's been an encouragement to you? Um, I prepared this before he said anything, so Look at this that. is slightly not quite what you asked for. <laughs> well, that's even better. That's like, um, giddy up. You'll be preaching next week. I don't think so. <laughs> um, but I suppose my thing that I'm really thankful for is community. Um, so in the midst of absolute chaos that is life, which I know you all know, I am so grateful for all the incredible blessings that I have, that we have. Um, but especially today and this year, I am so grateful for your good and faithful servants in Bernie Hoy, the Hewitts and the Sizemores. Not only have Ruth, Andrew and Donna helped to keep Mainly Music running this year, but they have filled in for me and loved me and cared for me as I stumbled my way through the year. Um, Donna and Bernie have checked in on me and blessed me with help, support, food and wisdom, even in the midst of their own chaos. And Donna and Kev have um, so selflessly given up their time and energy to help um, with the disaster that was the first stage of our reno. If it wasn't for them and so many others, including Troy, um, we still wouldn't be upstairs. We'd still be living in the chaos that was downstairs. Um, and I'm pretty sure that Kev painted a good 75% of our upstairs among all the other things that he did. So this year, I am thankful for people and this community, this family. Um, in a tough few years, I choose to see the good, the joy, and the light that is God. Beautiful. Thanks, Nicola. That's true. Everyone's amazing in this, in this church. Uh, Donna and Kev and Bernie and Dicko and the Hewitts. Wonderful humans, aren't they? Wonderful. Um, who else? Got a, a moment. Who's got a, who saw a photo out there that just went, you know what, that was, God did something there. Or I was encouraged by that. Maddie Fowler. Thanks, mate. So I'm thinking a little bit on the spot, but um, maybe a slightly left field one. I looked at the run to restore, um, and for those who were there, I mean, the run to restore rains 90% of the time, as it is anyway, but this was the boggiest track we've ever had by far. And, you know, we've got the three kids, all the rest of it, and everyone going through. Within a K, 
our shoes were totally saturated in mud, like it was just squelch, gross, all the rest of it. And so I'm starting to think practically about what that means and the, maybe there's going to be the whinging and, and, and it's just going to be an awful day. But it, the word I got, just as soon as I saw it, I was just got this word resilience, was that um, even in, I guess, what could have been uh, an unsuccessful event, something hard and awful, there was everyone I just saw with beams on their face, like Lincoln ran off with Rocky, he went off with the Year 6 boys and they just covered in mud, spread all over their backs and just had beaming smiles and, and a great time. The same with the girls. We did, we did 8Ks with Coco. We, we cheated a little bit. We got to four and then came back. But again, just totally covered in mud and flicked everywhere and everyone's just having a ball. Um, and I saw that, I guess it's a little bit of a metaphor, that just, yeah, there can be joy in what can be perceived to be something that's going to be hard or not what you expect. Um, but again, covered in mud, and we chucked all our sneakers in the washing machine at the end, but they all came out dry, and, and they were good in a few days. So, um, yeah, that's what I got out of it for me, that we have this resilience and that we can choose to have those joyful moments in something that, that, that might otherwise appear hard. So, yeah. Thanks, Matty. What a great metaphor, because it does feel like that sometimes. You know, come what may, we will run even when it's muddy as all get out. We're trudging through the slush and the filth of life. We still run. Who else? Who else has got something to be grateful for? Donna? That chair's a bit high. <laughs> <laughs> um, this actually happened at the Fowlers, so that's why I'm following up straight away. Um, I saw the photo out there of the um, guest who's coming to dinner, and I went to the Fowlers' house, and I was at the table with all the girls. And what struck me when I looked at the photo was... We're all different ages. Some of us are old chooks and some of you are young, young chickens. And what I got out of that night was we all need each other. We all share. We all share our life together and we need to be there to support each other. And, um, yeah, I felt really full that night, not with food. I mean, we're here with food, but full of um, love and spirit and support and um, just being able to know that we're all together. We're all in this village and we do life together. Mm. And um, God's got his hand on all of us. So I was really grateful mm. for that, um, seeing that photo again. Mm. Mm. It's great. Beautiful. Thanks, girls. It's, it's the beauty of an interdependent community. You know, we're not, we're not individuals here just existing in and of our own. And we aren't entirely reliant on each other in an unhealthy way. But the beauty of the interdependence that we have as God's, God's church is, is uh, miraculous, actually. It's wonderful. Uh, who else has got a moment to be thankful Jodes, Sonia Jodes. <laughs> Leaving me hanging here it's on the stool. It's a bit tall, isn't it? It's all right. I'm just taking a load <laughs> off. I'm just relaxing. It's all good. It's all chilling. Um, yeah, just looking at the photos out there, I was just really struck by the Kingsway Community Care Gala Dinner. Um, just what a remarkable event that was and just seeing the impact that this church has on our community. And I just feel so grateful um, how we have been able to serve the community in such an amazing way and to hear the stories of people who have been impacted and um, housed and supported and cared for in such a tangible, practical way makes me so grateful to be part of this community. So, mm. yeah, it was amazing. Amazing. $103,000 raised that night for Kingsway Community Care, which is just, just unbelievable. What I loved about that night too, Jade, is there were so many people who, for whatever reason, have either gone to another church or aren't part of church anymore, but are still connected to the mission of the church. And the fact that that is still the case, I think, is God's heart for mission in our, among our community spreads far and wide. 
and it doesn't always look like what we think it should. Um, and so I'm just so grateful that there's so much happening in our Kingsway community care space that is blessing the community as well. So thanks, Jade. Beautiful. Who else got a moment? Again, might, might, might not have been in the, in the pictures. Bernie, come on, Bernie. On you, Bernie. I've got a short skirt, so <laughs> that would be untidy. Um, untidy, good word, I like it. <laughs> I just want to follow on from what Jodie said. Um, for those that don't know, I work um, with women in domestic violence. And I attended a meeting a couple of months ago, and this is just to encourage you where your words go and where your money goes. Um, I, there was a young woman at the table, so we're a bunch of services that get together on a monthly basis. Um, you know, to, to work in that space. And um, there was a young woman at the table, a youth worker, and I kept looking at her and I'm like, I know your face from somewhere. Anyway, it wasn't till we went round and did introductions and she said her name and all of a sudden a penny dropped. She had been brought to my office four years before by the police and we had spent a great deal of time working with her uh, she'd been living in her car down at Wanda Beach and the police had found her. And she was the f literally the first client that went into Platform 9. Wow. Because, you know, my go-to place when, um, you know, when, when I have a, a woman in my office is, you know, I don't necessarily follow the right protocols. I ring, you know, Steph or Sue and I'm like, have you got a, vac a vacancy? Because, you know, there's no point in me ringing around if, you know, if I know that they've got a space. So she literally was the first woman that um, went into Platform 9 when they moved into Miranda. And now she's a qualified youth worker, she's working in the DV space, and just such an encouragement to wow. me. And to, to, I think to all of us that, you know, that's where our words go, our money goes. Mm. And as Jodie said, you know, we are an amazing community. And, you know, thankful to mm. God for that. Beautiful, Bernie, thank you. So good. And if you were there at the gala dinner hearing Haley's story in a similar vein of how Platform 9 has literally been the catalyst of transformation in people's lives. And Haley, she was a young girl who came in with her mum from a really horrible, horrible um, situation at home and now she's a support worker at Platform 9 herself, uh, which is just a phenomenal, phenomenal thing um, to be celebrated. I've got a child over here who's, not, who's mine hanging out over here. What are you doing here, Ronnie? You just hanging out? I'm just hanging with Greg. Cool. Good on you. Uh, Minks, come and share away, my friend. Oh, wow. You're right. Okay. Um, Welcome. Yeah. G'day. How are you going? Tell us a story. <laughs> um, so I was just going to chat about youth. Um, just um, kind of all of youth, but um, uh, in particular the, the um, what was it, retreat. Um, the youth retreat, and we went to Bundina, and it was um, a very uh, awesome awakening to a lot of new um, experiences and moments with God, and um, that was kind of the beginning of, like, this this youth wave of, like, people just getting to know God and just people getting to start... Um, investing more in God and God investing in them in them as well. Um, so from there, I guess, um, uh, what was it called? Uprising. Um, a few of them went to Uprising. That was awesome for them. And then Drastic, a whole bunch of us went there. And it was just constant, like, 
reawakening of like new um, things that mm. God wanted to do uh, in and through us. And I guess the takeover was like a good way of us getting to express that and show you that. And um, yeah, it's just like heaps cool. Like even people that didn't know God before they came to youth, it, like I've known God my whole life and, you know, been grounded in that, but me getting to see other people be enlightened to that is just so like awesome and it's like time and time again like every week we get to learn something new in God and it's just so bloody epic and it's and it's you can't swear <laughs> from the sorry, platform it's it's it, it is I'm gonna epic. get an email now you know that I'm so no, sorry I'm joking I'm, I'm joking so don't send any emails just deal with it <laughs> but, um, you're right. but um yeah <laughs> it takes after a month yeah that's what that. I was gonna yeah um but Yes, um, God is very much moving in our youth and, like, I'm, I'm very excited to, you know, be there for it and move mm. with it and groove with mm. it. I don't know. But, yeah, it's really cool. No, it's bloody good. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Jeff, welcome. Show's a bit low. Yeah. <laughs> you just came up here to say that joke, didn't you? <laughs> Yeah, I think it was just um, amazing. After uh, last Sunday service, I actually took my notes home and, you know, many of Aika and whatever, and I just sat them sort of in front of the keyboard on my computer. So every time I'm sitting at the computer, and then three, four times I'm doing Zoom meetings or whatever. And can I just tell you about a word? Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of Christian friends through work, and so just to, to share what that word meant and just the, the depth of how God sees us. And it's not because he's lost us. He sees us and he you know, sees, sees our heart. and it's, um, So it's been a, a great opportunity. And the other thing that uh, one of the young people shared was the context of a sunset, but um, I've had the chance in the last few days to get out and do some sunrise surfs and just to be able to sit there and, yeah, I love it because you look at the beauty of the sunrise and just keep looking at the beauty of the sunrise and then to have that pause and go, when God looks at me, he's actually saying, Jeff, you're more beautiful than that sunrise. Mm. And I kind of like, I, I don't get it. And the challenge in that as well is he also says, and your family, they are more beautiful than that sunrise. So look for the beauty in them. And yeah, the beauty that came in the young people of what they, they brought last week was just amazing to be able to see that and just, yeah, transform the way I look at others and I look at myself to try to be more like how God looks at us mm. and how he loves us. Mm. So good, Jeff. You're like, you're like the model disciple. Who else goes home and types up the notes that they took during the preaching? Everyone needs to lift their game to be like Jeff. Go home and type up your, your, the notes that you've taken on the sermon and then go and tell them to somebody else. In the olden days. What are you saying, Jeff's old? For goodness sake. While the next person's coming, I'm going to read a message that I got from someone this morning just on, on topic. So if, you do, if you've got something to share, then come on up and occupy the chair. And um, This is from Priscilla. Who's met Priscilla and Dave? They've been uh, coming along for a, uh, maybe two or three-ish months or so. Their um, kids are a little bit unwell, so they kept a uh, wide berth this morning. And I asked her permission to share this. Um, she said, uh, I wanted to share that we have felt so welcomed at Kingsway. 
And we've been in a wilderness season since leaving our church community on the northern beaches and serving there for 10 years. There's been a lot of heartache and confusion, loneliness, stress, etc. But God, she, I'm not shortening it by saying etc. She wrote that. I'm not like, just going, yeah, get, get to the point, Priscilla. Uh, <laughs> but God has been our solid rock throughout it all. And I'm so thankful he led us to Kingsway. The minute we walked in, we felt at home like we've been there since the beginning. We love that Kingsway is intentional, community, and focused, and just so authentic in every arena of faith and loving one another. To see our kids excited to go to church again is a real gift. For Dave and I to wake up excited for church again was a feeling I didn't know would come back to us for a long time. And that's the power, that's the, that's the, I share that for us this morning, that's the power of the testimony of, of, of how powerful a welcome is. Uh, to a family who we don't know their story, who have been going through um, heartache and grief and feeling like they're in a wilderness, to come into a family and from day one feel like they've been here since the beginning. That's not testimony to, I mean, it's testimony to God, number one, and how His Spirit's at work. That's testimony to a, a church that um, takes seriously the welcome of others. And so I'm grateful for everybody here who does that, week in and week out, regardless of who walks into our church community, they're made to feel welcome. And so I'm grateful for that. Um, anyone else? We might have one or two more before we get Jen and then Marcus. Um, I'm actually super thankful for our brokenness, which sounds like crazy, right? But when I look at that, I see um, a church that is very real and authentic and none of us have got it all together. None of us are perfect. We're on this journey together. And so in the midst of our brokenness and our humanity, I believe that we're experiencing God's love and God's compassion and God's healing as we journey together. Mm. So super grateful for God's love in the midst of all of our brokenness. Mm. And um, God is at work in all of us, not just a few of us. Mm. Great. So true. Marcus. Marcus, the father of grace. Grace led us in worship so spectacular, along with many other the kids last week, but your daughter is incredible. She led us so well. And she is. She doesn't, you don't get a human like that from nowhere, and your names have done a wonderful job. Carry on. <laughs> Play on. Play ball. Uh, I, I'm going to try and speak to that. I'm going to try and coordinate the jumble of thoughts in my head. Join the party up So, here, uh... Hopefully, this will come out in some way that actually <laughs> makes sense. Um, I'm going to try and speak to that. That's but all right. Jeff will take notes and make sense of it later on. For Excellent. Us. <laughs> so, um, over the course of my, my faith journey, I, uh, I've ebbed and flowed with my ability to, to, to pray. Uh, I thought I used to pray quite well. Um, I'm kind of inconsistent at the moment, but... Uh, what I do pray every morning is I, I give thanks to God for his sovereignty. Mm. And I'm not sure if anybody kind of sees uh, God in the way that I do, but this is kind of the way that I put it together in my head, that I get to, in my work, I get to see the vast breadth of humanity um, and I get to see the way that uh, lives can change in an instant um, and how lives can be extinguished uh, in an instant. And what that says to me is that I need to be aware of myself in this world 
and I need to be aware of the role that God plays in this world. And when I pray in the morning as I'm driving to work, I thank God for his sovereignty and I thank God for the way that he is. And that's, I guess, sort of the, the whole crux of what uh, you know, I'm trying to put together here is that the way that I look at God is that God is. Mm. And that he said to Moses, I am who I am. Tell the Israelites that I am sent me or sent you. And I look at God that, that God is. And so I look at my family and I thank God for my family and I, I thank God for his sovereignty in my life. Mm. And that gives me a lot of peace. Mm. And uh, it was interesting. I was at work one day. I was talking to, um, I work with or have worked in the past with uh, Callard Presto. Many of you will know from, uh, from Sea Change. And he said to me, it was really interesting. We were talking about the differences in faith. We work in a, in a high uh, ethnic population, migrant population with a lot of Muslims. And we we're talking about the differences between the Muslim faith and the Christian faith. And he said, the way that I sum it up is that every other religion is doing. You have to do something to receive something. But Christianity, it's done. Mm. And that was something that really struck with me that actually it's not about me, it's about God mm. and because it's done. Mm. And I give thanks because it's done. Mm. And... I have offloaded, well, not offloaded, <laughs> I've asked God to take the responsibility of my family or to guide me in my responsibility with my family, with my children, and I, I have the perspective that it is done, and, you know, Grace is an example of that. Mm. Uh, she's a beautiful 14-year-old teenager, and anybody that's had a teenager knows <laughs> what a teenager is and does. We've all been there, um, and, but when you're parenting a teenager... Oh. Um, I have to just believe that it is done, that God's sovereignty mm. uh, is in control. And one of my favourite verses in the Bible, and I hope this kind of ties it all together, uh, is from Romans, uh, Romans 8.18. And it says, For I now consider that the trials uh, that we are now experiencing are nothing compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. Mm. Now, when I was younger... I thought that that was going to be some sort of personal glory. My misunderstanding of the word uh, was leading me to believe that somehow I was going to journey on somewhere into ministry and have some glory in ministry. Um, what I now am realising uh, is that the glory that will be revealed in us is much more related to when we are, we are reconciled with the Father mm. permanently mm. and we join in that glory, his glory, because he is, it's not about us. Mm. He is. Mm. So good, mate. Mark and Marcus will be on the preaching roster 2023. If I'm, this is all this has been is just a sneaky way to see who's going to be. Uh, <laughs> Such a great reflection, Marcus. Thank you, mate. So true. Uh, we don't have to end there. We don't have to rush a good thing, I guess. So if um, anyone else has got something they're going to share. I know Gav, he's up there thinking, no, oh, do I, don't I? He's got a baby in your arms, so it's, um, it's all good. Oh, here we go, here we go. I mean, the gift, the gift one of the gifts of, uh, that Gav brings is that so many of our big events recently, Gav has been uh, able to bless us. Yeah, I'm thankful for all those photos taking, out there that I took. Taking, all the, taking so many photos 
um, and videos and just helping capture those moments as well. So anyway, fire away. Big I walk fun. along that, that wall there and, uh, and I see the faces of people who are looking at the wall and I'm thankful for uh, the church. So cliche. Um, Nat and I have been involved in different ministries around the place for quite a few years and we've been in a number of different churches when we've moved around and just physically moved location. It's been a long time since we've actually felt like, wow, I'm really excited to go to church. I'm really excited to go to any event that's on. Um, and someone asked me recently, what church do you go to? And I said, down here. And they said, oh, that's the church that everyone, everyone gets a crack. <laughs> and I thought, that's actually, it, it felt negative to me. Because yeah. I look at the wall there and I see a church where everyone is important. And I'm thankful for leadership here who understands, who embraces the fact that we are many voices with one message, that God is good and he is good in us when we are a healthy community. And I think we are. So I'm, I'm happy for, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for this community and for the leadership that God has placed over us, who doesn't just see people as numbers, but sees people as important and good and worth love. It's good, mate. Is that okay? So good. It's going to be our, our new slogan, the church where everyone has a crack. I'm going to put on the sign out the front where everyone can have a crack. <laughs> Classic. Very good. Um, well, if there's nobody else that's um, burning to share a uh, moment of gratitude, then we're going to gather around the table and we're going to just finish um, just lingering in conversation where perhaps um, there's a story that you want to share with somebody else. Perhaps you've been encouraged by someone in this room this year um, who has made a significant impact on a moment or um, for a large part of your journey. Find that person and, and perhaps... Um, stand there and, and eat bread and drink juice alongside that person and encourage them. Um, perhaps there's just stories you want to retell about uh, moments from this year that, again, are on the wall or aren't and uh, whatnot. But let's just, be, let's just allow this to, as we gather around the table, recognising that God has remembered us, not just in thought but in action, in the giving of uh, Jesus all the way through uh, to giving of His life on the cross, that we would be reconciled to Him through the remembrance of God taking action. The very fact that we can know Him is through what Jesus has achieved for us in His surrender on the cross. And so this morning we come and we break bread and we, uh, you, can, you can take your cup and uh, don't be shy, there's plenty of uh, juice there and plenty of bread, so um, this is kind of morning tea-esque. Um, communion where we can give thanks for the Lord and all he's done for us, give thanks for uh, in conversation with others and perhaps find someone and just bless them and encourage them. Um, thanks for hanging in there today on a different day on how we uh, would usually do church um, and be like this on a Sunday. I kind of like this vibe. Anyone else like this vibe? Maybe we'll do it, maybe we'll keep it for next week as well. Um, wonderful, well come and um, have some juice and have some bread and um, we'll carry on. Rocky, could you chuck like a song on? Actually, do you know a good one? It's called Communion, funnily enough. Type it into Spotify and chuck it on, would you? That'd be wonderful. Uh, we'll come, enjoy, and then uh, once we're uh, finished here, grab your kids and um, we'll make coffee and hang out some more. So um, come to the table, eat and drink 
and be glad and be thankful and thank you for being part of giving thanks this morning. And feel free to peruse the photos more in your own time later on and we'll leave them up for next week as well. Um, So come, eat, drink, take communion and give thanks.